0: Good morning, everybody. It is uh, sunny Sunday. Uh, cold outside, but it is sunny. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'd rather have warm, but we're getting there. We are getting there. Um, had a good day yesterday. Um, I spent quite a bit of time cooking in the kitchen yesterday. Lynn uh, spent a lot of time packing. Uh, in this room right here, it's my office, but it's her closet. It's like the uh, – if any of you watch Friends – uh, it's that secret closet that Monica has that, um, you know, nobody knows how to get into it. And so then they finally get it open and it's just full of crap. And Chandler's like, what? Like he knew, like like she had something like that somewhere. Uh, and so that's, that's this closet. So it is now, most of it's packed, uh, but a lot of it is still around. In fact, there's a little bit behind me right here. Uh, so... Yeah, so we're getting there. But I spent the day cooking. I made us a like Asian variety sampler. Um, We had in the freezer Trader Joe's barbecue Korean ribs, which, oh my, are they good. Probably the best part of the night. Um, I also found a uh, like a Chinese dumpling recipe or a couple of recipes. But the one that I had most of the ingredients for uh, was a pan fried uh, beef. Um, dumpling and that was dang good too um, I got to use up some of the flour we have sitting around the house I was missing a couple things I was missing oyster sauce chili oil and scallions but it still came out really good the boys especially my one boy who's allergic to eggs doesn't really get Chinese food ever um, but because this is all egg free he was like nuts insanely happy about it so it was very cool um, I also had like a microwavable pad thai in the freezer. So it was a small portion, like a single serve, but I threw some chicken in there and uh, that wasn't so great. And then we had some microwavable uh, Asian vegetables, which we had, which were good. Uh, but the, the the ribs and the uh, the dumplings were an absolute hit. So that was good. Um, you know, other than that, you know, we just did some packing and clean up. I packed my my closet from the bedroom. Um, we're getting it's funny cuz we're getting down to like we have just boxes everywhere. And uh I'm still looking around and I still see a lot of stuff out. Like you don't realize how much crap you have until you start putting it in boxes and trying to trying to, you know, like okay, like let's get out of the house. So I keep thinking I'm done, but we're not. So, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, it's 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 been a uh, an experience. Uh, good morning, Lori Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Jamie. Debbie. Good morning, and Melissa. Good morning. Um, yeah. So, Debbie, you missed this yesterday, but yeah. Um, I don't even remember what we talked about yesterday. <laughs> that's that's uh how long ago it seems. I, I just I don't even remember what it was. Let's probably look at my notes, right? Um. T- 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 Oh, geez. I don't even know. Oh, I don't even know. I don't know. Somebody yeah, watch it. You know why I really can't remember because I didn't solidify it because I didn't post the, uh, I went straight to work yesterday with some other stuff and I didn't post the podcast. So I didn't have to review it to, to, to post it. So yeah, that's kind of where my head's at right now. I think we're all having a little bit of cabin fever. I'm kind of losing it just a bit. Uh, i need to get outside is what ha- i need to do i need to get some fresh air and it's just too cold to get some fresh air right now although it might get up to 60 today so i'm gonna take a walk outside um so here uh, i'm gonna go into our meme of the day uh angel says it takes far longer to unpack than it does to pack yeah and you know what i think that gives you the experience of um realizing what you truly need or not like also a lot of the stuff we have packed we packed weeks ago and um I don't miss it. So then you start thinking like, well, do we need it if we haven't missed it in weeks? Like, you know, I, I don't know. We're going to have to really evaluate as we're unpacking things. We tried to do it as we were packing things. But as we're unpacking things, we're going to have to evaluate whether it's something we need at all anyway. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Good morning, Carrie. All right. So here's our meme of the day. On average, a panda feeds for approximately 12 hours a day. This is the same as an adult at home under quarantine, which is why we call it a pandemic. (laughs) All right. So I got some other ones, though. For all you guys, you guys are generally, you know, we're all sort of the same age group. Not quite. um, You know, we all still remember a lot of things from the 80s, right? So uh, or you have kids from the 80s. So you remember a lot of this stuff. And this is something I used to do with my grandfather. So I'm stealing all these memes every day. This is how we stole memes back in the day. Just sit at the kitchen table and use uh, silly putty. Uh, GoFundMe in 1989 was mowing the lawn. And actually, we keep teasing my boy because in the new house, he, it's flat. So he is going to be the one that's going to learn how to mow the lawn and clean up the dog poop. I can't wait. That's actually two big things that I'm looking forward to in this move. Uh, now, this is, I didn't realize this until I saw this. But growing up, Grey Poupon commercials were on all of the time. And I really did think that rich people ate or used Grey Poupon. I actually – I and actually, I – as a child or a preteen, Grey Poupon never appealed to me because I couldn't identify with who was using it. I was like not wealthy. (laughs) So like that's just what rich people eat, not me. So anyway – I don't know Does anybody else feel that way about Grey Poupon. I still feel like it has that stigma. Like I it's just not the mustard that I would go to. Even when we go for something like that. Too fancy for us. Just oh, Grey Poupon. Whoa. Gee, I give me the give me the yellow whatever brand the yellow mustard is, Heinz or whatever. Uh, and yes, I am this old. I remember so that's a Nintendo right there. But I actually had that set up with a ColecoVision. It was like, we found it in my grandparents' basement. I guess it was my uncle's in the 70s. But I mean, it was like, and you always had to bang it to get it to work, either the TV or the ColecoVision. Uh, So if any of you guys uh, ever had that experience, uh, that that was big in mine. I wanna go back real quick, mustard. My grandparents, I've never seen this. They had a jar of mustard when I was a kid. It was called – actually, it was relish. It's called hot dog relish. And the hot – it was just pre-packaged with mustard in the relish. I have not seen it on a shelf in decades. But it was amazing. So now when I make myself a hot dog, I put ketchup on one side. And on the other side, I mix up relish and yellow mustard and put it all across the other side. So I have like the two things there it's amazing if you don't if you've never done it just try it i don't know it just blends it so much better it's it's it'll change your hot dog life all right uh how about this experience when you miss your tv show for whatever reason and you know you are never going to see it again i mean maybe you'll catch it in reruns maybe you'll catch it in syndication maybe not and that was and then next week when they show like when you go into the next week you have no idea what's going on yeah i mean that that's that that's that's a hardship right there and do you remember this dumb looking thing i my grandparents had them i remember getting them as like gifts like here have one of these like you get them with like businesses used to put their names on them and stuff um who carried these around i feel like everybody did um why how did this product make it To be such a popular item. And whoever came up with that had to make a ton of money. If not, they did something really wrong. I'm so old, I can remember going through a day without taking a picture of anything. (laughs) Yeah, right? Now I can't remember a day that I haven't taken a picture of something. I've taken it. I took a picture of my dishes last night. I don't know why. uh, Because we had so many dishes in the sink. And I just did dishes like two hours earlier. I don't know. I, didn't, I never even put it out on social media. I just, out of habit, took the photo. Okay, so who can relate here? I remember sitting at the kitchen table, I would read the same cereal box over and over. And it was an amazing experience when it was empty and we could get a new one with a new message or a new toy or game on the back of it the next day. I mean, like that that was me daily. And the other thing is when you're sitting on the toilet, reading the shampoo bottle. I mean, that, that happened. Like, we make jokes about it, but that happened. If I would forget a magazine or a newspaper or whatever, literally, as a child, I would read the shampoo bottle as if something was going to change there from the previous 10 or 30 times I read that shampoo bottle. Crazy. Crazy. Kids today have no idea. No idea what a hardship is like this, like seriously, like, and, 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 like the rotary phone, even like, no, but like they, they have videos online about kids trying to figure out how a rotary phone works. Now there's not even a landline in most houses. And I can't believe like people like Verizon keeps trying to get us to bundle phone service with our, you know, new Fios. Why? I don't want, I haven't had a landline phone in 20 years, except at work. You know, we have landline phones for the business, but why would I want a house phone? And remember, like, you know, picking it up and somebody would be on it like your, you know, whether it's your husband or your sister or somebody and like get off. I need to get on. I'm waiting for a phone call, especially when there's no call waiting. And do you remember the drama when caller ID came out? I mean, I remember being in my dad's house as we were having this conversation with family. Like I think my aunts and uncles were over in the privacy violation that call waiting was going to cause, right? And everybody's blocking their numbers. Like, nobody's going to see you when I'm calling them. You never answer the phone now, unless you know the number. I mean, how many times a day does my phone light up with somebody trying to tell me that, uh, you know, it's like some generic recording that, you know, sorry, there was a mistake on your electric bill, or this is, you know, whoever from the IRS, you are in, uh, danger of immediate prosecution. Like, Really? <laughs> and if I don't know the number, I'm not answering the phone. But back in the day, caller ID was, oh my, right? Now they're tracking your phone. Now they're tracking whether you have COVID or not on your phone, or at least they will be soon. It's crazy, crazy. And then there's this, this major disaster. I mean, and I can relate because I had a boombox that I carried around through many of my formative years. And I would play Michael Jackson's thriller over and over and over again. And there is no tragedy as, as shocking and as like, like, like when you, when you realize your tape recorder is eating your tape, like the moment that happens, like, I, I mean the horror of, of of like my experience in realizing that when I opened that up and pulled it out, it was just going to be a mess. And I mean, it was just, it was it was it would ruin my day as a child, ruin my day. And you remember like when CD players came out, and we'd have to put the 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 tape like that that cord the tape on a cord into the tape deck in your car to listen to a CD, and then anytime you hit a bump, the CD would skip. Man, the things we put up with just to listen to music. Um, So, yeah, so there's just, you know, now my kids, like, even yesterday, my kid walked into the room. He's like, Can you fix our Wi Fi? Because, you know, it's not just our Wi Fi, it's the fact that everybody right now is on the internet. And so they're using bandwidth. And like Netflix is having issues, Hulu's having issues. And yes, sometimes our Wi Fi has an issue, but it's like a, a tragedy for these kids that they can't stream their video games or, you know, play online or whatever. They have no idea. They have no idea. They're not reading shampoo bottles on the toilet. Oh, man. So, um... Let me go back into the... So, yeah, Melissa. Too fancy. Too fancy. Same, Jamie. Good morning, Helen. He uh, thought Pac-Man was awesome. Pac-Man was awesome. And, you know, when I was a kid at that age, when Atari was popular, my parents would not buy me an Atari. So... Talk about like transactions as a kid, like, you know, that, that like just trying to get pleasure. I would seriously make friends with people so I could go over to their house. I mean, we're talking, I was like seven, but I would make friends with kids just so I could go over their house and play Atari. I I was that manipulative as a seven-year-old. French's Mustard, Always and Forever. Yep, that's the brand. That's so I, I do have, we buy Heinz in the package, but you're right about French's. The Coin Vault. (laughs) (laughs) Yep Uh, Back when cereal was fun Yeah, you know, and now it's not fun Because, you know, sugar and carbs and everything Now it's like almost taboo to eat cereal At least in the circles that I'm in Always fighting over the cereal box Seven kids? Oh my My dad's one of six I'm one of six also But my dad remarried and had two more So they're significantly younger And we didn't really grow up together Um, but geez, good morning from sunny and chilly New Jersey. Yep. Same here. Same here. Yep. (laughs) Your kids have learned to read the cereal box. That's awesome. And the fight for the cereal toy. Yeah. I forgot about that. Right. So the, the toy in the box. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And then like the utter disappointment when it was just a terrible toy. Oh gosh. it's funny. Um, I was listening to somebody tell a story about Jack Nicholson. And I can't remember where I saw this, but it was really funny. um, uh, So they were at a basketball game and somebody was eating Cracker Jacks and they're sitting next to Jack Nicholson and Jack Nicholson looks at, at, you know, would you get in there? You know, like however Jack Nicholson talks. Right. And it was like some cheap like sticker or tattoo or something. And Jack Nicholson goes. Something to the, I'm not going to do it justice, but something to the effect of, you know, when I was a kid, they'd give you like a real metal toy. It was like a substantial toy. People these days don't know what they're missing. You know, like, and he's looking off into the distance as he's saying it in the Jack Nicholson voice. The guy who told the story told it much better. But, you know, like... Those experiences, like, you know, like the whole Christmas story, you know, where the the kid's, you know, waiting for his decoder ring and all this other, like all those experiences are just, it's so different now. It's a completely different world. Short cords on the phone and no remote for the TV. <laughs> Your remote for the TV was the youngest kid in the house. Go get up and go change the channel. And remember when you had the knob, like we had to like tune it in. Oh my God. And then like smacking the TV. We had a big, the big wooden console TV. And this is something kids will never experience. Laying on the floor, watching TV. That's gone, right? Because now the TVs are higher up. When I was a kid, we had a wooden console TV in the basement sitting on the floor. It was a piece of furniture and you had like things on, like you'd put like stuff on top of it. Right. And in our basement, when I was a kid, we had a split entry right and in the basement, you just had the, a a big finished like wood panelled basement, and there was a fireplace down there, and we would lay on the floor, especially in the winter. this is like my my like one of my few like good nostalgic moments as a kid. Friday nights, my dad would light a fire and I, I would lay on the floor with one of those husbands, right those pillows my kids have them now my wife bought them out of nostalgia, those big pillows with the arms and I would lay on the floor or with a pillow from the couch all in. I would lay on the floor next to the fireplace and watch TV, you know, whether it was full house or whatever we would watch. Right. Um, And it was like, that was like the coziest most comfortable memories that I had like under nine years old. Uh, It was, it was an awesome time. But like that whole experience of laying on the floor um, like it's just not something we would do anymore. I mean, because now the TVs are on a stand, they're on a whatever, they're high up mounted to a wall, whatever. Um, it's just not the same thing anymore. It's not on the ground, so it's funny. Um, remember my dad always getting call waiting, or my remember my dad getting call waiting because I was always on the phone when I was thirteen. Yeah, and, and call waiting. I remember, like when you didn't answer it, like it would beep. And you didn't have caller ID yet, but it would beep and then you'd ignore it. And then somebody else who was waiting for that call would flip out because they missed their phone call because you just were so into your conversation. You didn't want to have to flip over. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, and the many attempts to record that favorite song off the radio. And I would get so mad when they would do something to it, like whether they would cut it off early or they would start talking through it. I'm like, you're killing me. Like, I've just been waiting all day for this song and they just ruined it. I got to wait all over again, which is probably what they wanted to do, right? They knew you were trying to record it. So they would, they would, you know, ruin it for you. Oh, man. Eight tracks. I have no experience with eight tracks. I remember. Um, I remember my grandfather uh, had a bunch of them in his like workshop in the basement. They were probably my dad's or my uncle's or somebody's, but I remember just a stack of eight tracks, and they just kept them like, you know, like they were going to listen to them again, which of course they never did. Which now I'm just thinking about like the box of CDs that we have right now. I keep thinking, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna put them in my computer and, and burn them or you know put them on the hard drive. I'm never gonna do that. I, I mean. I just can't get rid of them. I can't get rid of them. I don't know why. Yo, pretty cool. And actually, I think like you could just do that with, if I remember correctly, was it tape or did you do that with um, super glue? I can't remember. But I feel like I did do that with my Michael Jackson tape, one of them. Oh yeah, so how to how you had to rewind forward and backward trying to find your spot on a movie or a song on a cassette. Yeah. And how about recording movies like or TV shows on your VCR? Number one, just trying to get it to start at the right time. Or not running out of tape. But you had different levels of recording, right? There was like SP, EP and LP, I feel like. I feel like those were it, but SP was like the real high quality and you could only get two hours on a videotape. But if you went with the other ones, I think you'd get up to like four, six or eight hours on them and I would have like a bunch of stuff on one tape. So, you know, like you'd have to like fast forward, like to remember like which show was on which part of which tape and then you'd have to remember like to write it down on the label and oh my goodness, crazy. And I didn't even realize how it worked. So I think it's when Rocky IV first came out. Uh on HBO, my dad had people over to watch it. And we were recording it on a VHS tape. And I was getting so angry because people were talking during the the, while it was on, because I thought that the VCR would pick up their voices when they uh, when they were talking. So I was telling everybody to be quiet. They're like, that's not how it works. I'm like, yes, it is. I was like eight. But like, you know, like, I was so stressed out about it. I thought they were ruining the movie. Oh, yeah. Right. It's, it's all kind of crazy stuff that I, I never think about. You still have an eight track player. <laughs> oh, I don't even have my Walkman anymore. I, we just threw away, I had a mini disc player from like the early two thousands that I thought was the bee's knees. Um, definitely don't have that anymore, but it was you know fun to even look at it. I don't even think it worked, but. Blanket forts on Saturday morning while we watched cartoons. Yeah. And and that was part of the laying on the floor thing, right? You'd take all the couch, the couch cushions off and then put the blanket on top of them and, and you would like – you just sit in there and lay on the floor and the TV was just eye level with you. It was the best. Oh, the first color TV. Uh, my grandparents I, – I, I feel like upstairs they had a black and white. I, we never had a black and white in my house that I can remember, but – yeah. And they still had black and whites when I was a kid. Um, until noon, right? Yeah, Saturday morning cartoons. Um, that was an experience. Scotch tape. Yep. Angel, yeah, scotch tape. Yeah. So, yeah, what What? What a crazy, crazy time uh, that was. And now, like, again, like, when, when kids complain about what they have and don't have, them, like, you have no idea. And it, you feel like, because you know when you're saying that, you're like, when I was a kid, I used to walk uphill both ways in the snow. Like, It just sounds like exactly what my parents sounded like when I was a kid. And they still sound like it now. And I'm just saying it now. You have no idea. Yeah, I know. It's just, okay, okay. (laughs) Crazy, crazy. So um, one of the things that I've been observing over the weekend, now as you see all these protests and stuff going on, I'm starting to pay attention or (sighs) realizing that the people – on my Facebook feed that are posting more of these alternative uh, explanations for COVID, I think I'm seeing a common thread. Maybe you guys can help me out with this. So I feel like the people that are posting the most out there conspiracy theories or explanations or whatever are people that I didn't expect it from because they are otherwise um, really smart people, um, leaders in their businesses, like executive vice presidents and banks. I mean, like, or just vice, pre- vice presidents and banks. Um, you know, they own their own businesses and whatever. Um, but they're really putting out uh, some some odd things, some odd explanations, right? Some really weird conspiracy theories. And I think, and and tell me if I'm on the right track here, I think it's because They're so used to solving problems and being in control that maybe the lack of control is shattering their perception, maybe their self-perception. And so they feel the need to find an explanation outside of what mainstream media or um, medical personnel are saying because number one – it means that they have to give up control. And number two, they feel like they are smart enough to come up with something more or find an explanation better than what these other people, what common sense or common knowledge would explain it as. Does that make sense? Because I, I see like there's people that I, I respect and they're throwing out some, some weird theories and they're putting it out as like truth or like, or they'll say, Ooh, interesting, you know, like trying to bait people into watching it. And, um, it, it's, it's, and I think that, I think that might be what it is. And I don't know. I mean, it's is an early thought. I just, as I was scrolling through this morning, I'm trying to figure out where these guys are coming from and women too. There's a couple of women, mainly guys though. Um, so, um, and and so yeah, sis. You know, I understand the trying to think outside the box, but sometimes, sometimes the box is just as simple as it is, right? And that and I think that's they're maybe used to like finding creative solutions for things, um, and like sometimes there's really, I mean, like so I'm sure there is a creative solution, but a lot of times it's up to people much smarter than me to figure it out. Um, and I have to give up control to do that. And they say, I mean, like a good leader always surrounds themselves with smarter people, right? The good leader is never the smartest person in the room. You hire really smart people to give you advice to make an educated decision. And I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are used to just being the smartest person in the room. They kind of like being the smartest person in the room. And so, you know, in a place where they don't have any experience, they start Like trying to figure it out with a lack of knowledge, Um, especially when they're, they have more free time on their hands, right? So they're not working, they're not in their business. So now they have to kind of try to figure something new out. And so, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things going on there, but um, just trying to, in in, in a way, trying to like figure it out for myself, at least with that specific scenario. So, but yeah, it's, it's odd. And we're in an odd time because you have, a lot of political pressure, mounting political pressure, to get back out there, and then you have a lot of people going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not, let's not prolong this by by doing things that aren't smart." So we'll see. I I, uh, I, I hope we don't look back on this time and say we made some big mistakes. That's that's. I don't want to have any negative long term impact. So, but you know, I think that's. I think mainly what I'm trying to say here is, if if I'm correct in anything I'm saying in there, then I would, I would just, you know, as in anything, just give up a little bit of, of certainty and be more curious, right? So we can look at the other, you can look at the other sources of info. And now, I mean, they're saying that there might be credible information that this came out of a lab in Wuhan, which was a conspiracy theory two months ago, right? And they're saying that that might actually be the case. So you can, you can look at it and be observant of all of these things, but there's really not a whole lot we can do. Uh, we, we sort of just have to kind of think about the greater good as far as how we act. And so if we can just act, you know, we know it's contagious, right? We know people are carrying it without knowing it. So the best thing to do is distance um, and we know people are hurting for money and we know we need to get money to individuals and small businesses. And even the even the stimulus checks still aren't out yet for a lot of people. So, you know, I I know there's other motivators, but we have to keep this from getting bigger. Right. It's not a farce. And that's one thing that I keep looking at and going. I don't know how anybody's still saying that. Uh, but they are and they have signs and they're carrying them around. Um, so with all of that, you know, you know, with, with our intention for the week, what is your intention for the week? So today is day one for a lot of people. Tomorrow is my day one. I always make my day one on Monday. So the way I go through Sunday, the way I'll go through today, today is very light. You know, my priorities are more mindset and overall intention than they are tasks, right? My priorities are, um, you know, be, uh, where are you? Uh, Family, right? Priority number one is family. That shouldn't have been a hard one to remember, right? Um, Priority number two is health. So just be healthy. So family, like doing things together, paying attention to each other, not getting too far into a TV show or too far into video games, coming back together, having conversations, being healthy, staying away from foods that I know I shouldn't be eating, um, getting out, walking around, that sort of thing. So that's my intention for Sunday. Tomorrow being a work day. Uh, I am getting back to work, right? And I'm going to tonight pre-plan my milestones for the week, keeping in mind that, you know, there's going to have to be some variable next week with, you know, what may or may not happen. Um, you know, but I'm keeping all of my intentions in mind, blending in a lot of personal stuff with a lot of work and professional stuff. Um, but so tonight I will set my milestones and I will time block tomorrow. Because tomorrow should be a fairly consistent schedule for me. So I will time block tomorrow with whatever I decide is a milestone and a priority tonight. And I'll go about my day as as disciplined as possible. You know, allowing for my boys needing a little bit of attention, allowing for things that may come up. But for the most part, I'm going to try to pack as much into my morning as possible And then by like lunchtime or maybe like an hour or two after lunch by two o'clock, most of my real work should be done. And then it's going to be, you know, packing the house, like other outside priorities that don't have anything to do with work. So, um, you know, that's kind of how I am approaching my week. Now, as somebody else, like if you're experiencing more stress and if you're experiencing more um, overwhelm at the situation – Uh, You know, you might need to take a step back and and look at like what's the most beneficial thing for you. If you are overwhelmed by the amount of things you have to do, uh, make sure you're looking at that list of things like write them down, write down your list. If it's in the back of your define my day planner or, you know, on a on a notepad, whatever, write down the list of all of the things that you could do right now and prioritize them. Right, you you want to pick out the ones that kind of rise to the top that you need to get done. The other thing, the other way to look at this, or pick the smallest ones. If you need to build momentum more than anything else, pick the smallest ones and just start. Like say today, okay, this one small thing. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to commit to doing it. I'm going to start it at nine o'clock, and I'm going to get it done. Might take 15 minutes. Might take a half an hour. But the benefit of doing it. Is that you'll get that momentum, that feeling of moving forward. You'll get that little, that little, you know, spark in your mind that like, oh, that, that moment of relief that, wow, I made progress, right? And you wanna continue to build that. So you keep checking off those small things. Maybe you can do a couple of small things in one day, maybe not. You don't wanna burn yourself out. But the next day you wanna build on that and keep going, right? And if you feel that at some point you're going too hard, then you take a break, right? They say, look, you know, yesterday I might have worked, and that's the purpose of journaling. Yesterday, uh, or you know, earlier today, if you're journaling at night, if you're not journaling in the morning and the after, but you look at it and you say, you know what, I I I feel good that I got a lot done, but I did too much. So I need to back off a little bit. You know, maybe if you did eight hours worth of work, maybe you back off and do seven. If you did two hours worth of chores, maybe you do one and a half. You know, whatever that might be. Uh, but you want to just keep moving forward and keep Doing what the things you need to do, keep chipping away at that big mound of stuff that might be building up on you. Now, if you're somebody that's highly productive, you want to keep it up, right? You want to keep up doing what you need to be doing. You want to keep reevaluating the things that are on your list, the milestones that are on your list, and keep reevaluating that those like strategic plans, like we have on our our list here, right? And times are going to change, right? We have to we have to keep comparing this list of things we need to do. With the current situation, with what people are or are not allowed to do as far as opening their businesses, um, uh, with like what supplies are available to us, with what like advertising uh, costs might be. Like there's there's so many different factors, you know, in, in our employees, some of them might not want to come back or at least not yet. So you have to factor that in, like how do you take care of, you know, how do you take care of employees? How do you be sensitive to their needs, whether they want to come back or not want to come back? Look, some people look at this in a different way. Like we've talked about that, right? Some people see a farce, other people see like a threat to their lives. And so, you know, as a business owner planning it forward, you probably want to look at, you know, like assuming that, you know, business isn't going to come roaring back. How do we, you know, communicate with our employees, the ones that want to come back, the ones that don't want to come back? you know, in managing, you know, the payroll protection pro- program versus getting them unemployment. And like, there's, there's so many things to consider now as an employee, understand that a good business owner is working through these problems, uh, or hopefully, right. As a business owner, understand that your employees are working through their own problems. Like it, it takes a lot of understanding between the two groups of people and managers also, right. I mean, and we find who the good leaders are at this point in time. So um, I think everybody it's on it's everybody's responsibility to move into these changing times with the right intention and I think that you know we're seeing now that you know we need to be looking out for the greater good that we need to be you know taking care of the people that um, are important to us and we see who now is incredibly important that we might have taken for granted before and if we keep this in mind every day And this mindset of gratitude and this mindset of intention, right? So you're, you're being grateful for the things you have. You're being grateful for the people that are sacrificing the, the, what they are. You're being grateful for the time that we have, um, you know, and you're, you're setting your intention to do just a little bit every day, right? Appreciating that other people are, could be doing more. Other people are doing more than that. We might be limited by, by our circumstances but that we can do our small part to be healthy for us, for the people around us. And so that we, when we, it's time to come out of this, will be in a good position, a healthy position to come out and do what is required of us. So, um, you know, I, I, I leave you with, um, I leave you with, uh, with this is that it's hard for everybody, right? It's hard for everybody in completely different ways. Your way is not the only perspective, right? So appreciate that other people have a completely different perspective, a completely different list of stressors. So appreciate that, that somebody has a completely different point of view. And also look inside yourself for what's the healthiest thing that you can do this week. You know, your healthiest thing might not be working. It might be just being healthy maybe it's educating yourself. Maybe it's just having a decent routine, waking up at the same time every day, taking a walk outside, eating healthy, making a phone call, having a good solid routine. And then as you can build on that, take advantage of the extra energy and the little bit of confidence you get and keep going forward. If you're somebody that is, you know, a little bit uh, better off and that you you are able to get more done every day to keep in mind what other people are going through and be a little bit sensitive to that and if we can keep this balance of making progress while also being understanding and and giving other people grace um, we will get through this in a healthy way and hopefully sooner rather than later this will be behind us so i wish you all a healthy sunday Um, Have a great day. I will see you again tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Keep moving forward. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.